yeah, what are we saying? I believe where my own problem is, let me not say I have a problem. Let me just say where I may be baffled by what you're saying is mm. you don't believe that the whole confessing with your mouth and having God makes you see, I'm confessing your mouth and believing your heart makes you saved. And I'm wondering, why don't you believe that when it's scriptural? Yes, that's exactly what you're implying. You don't have to say, you're like really implying that. Are you saying, okay, are you trying to tell me now that that's not what you're saying? That's not what I'm, well, it's, what you just took is half of what I was saying, right? Because we're dealing with the paradox now, right? I said, it is not enough for a person to say with their lips, Jesus is Lord, if the state of their heart is the same, right? Because yes. what's the logic of Jesus is God's heart being in alignment with his ways. It's not about being a part of the church. It's not about calling the physical name Jesus. It's about uh -huh. finding oneself with his nature and character. Right? Okay. If, for example, now I tell you, hey, Melody, I am a, a neurosurgeon, right? And I say with my lips, I'm a neurosurgeon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <With> your head. <laughs> only for you to find out that uh, my claim was only audio. This is what I'm talking about, you know. Okay. Just like what James said in James chapter two, he said, even a demon believes that there's one God. Do you understand? So it's not about mm -hmm. saying this. Anyone can say it. Anyone can believe there's one God. But not everyone can allow themselves to be a medium through which that God is expressed. Now, that is a lot of matters. That's what, let me stop there. So let me listen to what you have to say in response. Okay. I think now, like, we've, we both agreed that saving, like, saying... Um, Lord Jesus come to my life, saying the wordings are not enough. And that, I agree with you there. It's not enough. There's, mm. there's a way you live your life that um, there's a way there's a way you live your life that you'd probably gain death at the end. So, um, quote unquote. But however, do you believe that you have to first start with the wordings? So if a person is dumb, you say that person is doomed to hell. <laughs> If the person is what? Physically dumb, they can't speak. Are they doomed to hell? No, the person is not doomed to hell, but the person can believe within his heart. You get my point now. The lips is only... But even the dumbness, even the um, dumbness, God can heal anything. That's just the truth. It might be like, there's nothing God cannot do. Even like, be dumb. You, by the time you've like, believed and you're willing... In the process, you shall speak again. That's the most important thing. And you see everything. Dumb today and are following God. Come on, there are people who are dumb, who are physically crippled, who are physically sick, and they're following God. And the they're fact following they're, God. Yes, the fact that they're physically sick doesn't mean God is not present in their lives, because the presence of God is validated by the health of one's heart. That is the true healing that Christ brings. Everything. I mean, your your hand can be amputated. If I grow it back. But you're still going around stealing. You're still going around defrauding people, fighting. Then the, the growing of your hand is of no reward. It's of no use. Because the true miracle is the miracle of a transformed heart. So there are people okay. who can't walk. 
who physically okay. huh oh you are still talking right <laughs> yeah but are you listening yeah i am <laughs> well, of course i'm listening so there are people who physically can speak but their hearts being in alignment with god is already mm. in the lordship of jesus christ because now for example you are speaking to me but is it your voice i'm hearing i'm not hearing your voice i'm getting uh, robotics because it's my computer now that's translated your your voice into uh, uh, electromagnetic numbers and stuff like that that is bringing it to me so you are speaking but it's not your actual voice i'm hearing i'm hearing something else true for i'm asking i cannot really answer this question because <laughs> I'm serious. I really can't answer the question because I want to say yes and I agree with you, but still, I'm not so sure. So I cannot really say whether I'm sure. Or you no, get. So, for example, now, if okay, a guy sends you a big trunk of flowers, you know, with roses and everything, isn't he saying something? Yes, he is. He's saying something. Lips move. No. So it's His lips did not move. So it's possible to speak. Without one using their lips, because God speaks, but where is His lips? You get my point. Mm-hmm. So speech goes way beyond the lips. The lips are only a symbol of speech, but speech goes way beyond lips. So when you say, "I confess the lordship of Jesus," it's not just the mouth, right? It is okay. Your being, your heart, the heart and the mouth, your nature. Even if the mouth cannot confess it. Because some people are dumb, but their actions are confessing that Jesus is Lord. Because Jesus Christ said, why do you call me Lord, 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 and not do what I say? What did he say? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your understanding. And love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's mm. what Jesus said. So if yeah. he's not doing what he said, or aspiring to do what he said, then Jesus is not Lord in such a person's life, at least to a significant degree. Isn't mm. it? True. So the Lordship of Jesus Christ is validated by your, by, by your increasing obedience to him, aligning yourself with his nature, because his nature is himself. Can I separate melody from melody's characteristics? No. You can wipe away all your memory now and you don't remember anything, you don't remember anyone. And I put you in a room. Is Melody there? Melody is not there. It's something else. True or false? Think about it. Mm. Is Melody not there? I think the person of Melody is there. What I say, Melody, it? I think the person who has been formed over the past 20 something years. Okay, okay. The ideas, ideologies of Melody, maybe not. Because all those things make up, make up melody. So Christ mm. is the same. His love, his temperance, his self-control, his wisdom. These are the things that make up Christ. To okay. This. Oh, go ahead. I said, okay, you do have a point here where the whole thing good. However, what, okay, you are saved, obviously. What would you no, say makes you be an actor. <laughs> So you're acting. Oh, okay, I know you're joking. I said I can be. I said exactly. I can be. 
And so you don't be sure. Speak about yourself. That's why I told you, don't speak about somebody else. Be sure of yourself. Oh, yeah. Are you saved? No, no, you do that answer doesn't mean anything because I can lie to you. So what I'm here for you to think, look at yourself. My, my, my own mission here is to get you to introspect. Jesus Christ said to, about the Pharisees, do what they say, not what they do. So it's possible that someone can be a very bad person, but their words can change your life. Uh-huh. So look at me like that. Don't think that I'm saved or anything. Just listen to what I'm saying. If it's beneficial to you, take it. If it's not, then throw it away. Uh-huh. What you're saying just... I don't understand and everything, but I feel we are just complicating all these things. It's just like I want to get, I want, I want, I'm praying fervently for a, um, for someone that doesn't believe in God. Okay, finally, the person believes in Jesus. Mm. He believes in Jesus. Okay, let me use like a Muslim person now. In their mm. Quran, mm. The, Jesus is according to them. Is present. And then they believe in Jesus, that Jesus was so, so, and so. But I have to tell them that, okay, but you don't believe that Jesus died for your sins. So are you not saying that I am wrong in that aspect? Believing that Jesus died for their sins and they should confess that, believing that, and then probably confessing. The confessing part can apply for the people that know how to talk. So probably just confessing that, oh, Jesus saved me. Lord, I come that sort of thing. Like, are you saying that all this holds no water? That this should be like the first thing that happens, don't you think? Okay, let me tell you what it means to confess that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. Because remember what remember what um, James said. He said, even demons believe that there is one God and they tremble, isn't it? It's written there in James, isn't it? Yes. I don't know if you've seen First Corinthians 13 when Paul was talking about how. If I have the faith to move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm like, mm. it. Even sure. if I speak the tongue of men and angels, he said that, isn't it? See what yes, he said yes, that yes. actually made me as a person afraid. It made me scared. Paul said, mm. even if I give my body to be burned and have not love, it amounts to nothing. So that tells me that it's even possible that I can even allow my flesh to be set ablaze, but it can be done in self. Hmm. Yes. It's not just about your password works, but about the heart. Now, about the confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave mm. his own son, that whoso my believer in shall not perish and have eternal life, isn't it? You know? True. Now, first John, this is not John, this is first John, another book, right? First mm-hmm. 316 states, by this we know love. Because he laid his life for us, we mm. also shall lay down our lives for our brethren. That is what True. it means to believe in the cross. You can't say you believe in the cross, but say, eh, now Jesus Christ is dying, I mean I go die. Anyone who says that. Such a person does not believe in the cross. Such a person does not believe that Jesus Christ has died. Because to believe that Jesus Christ has died, that mm-hmm. belief has to be substantiated by your own nature, giving itself for the benefit of those around you. That is what it means to confess that Jesus Christ died for your sins. 
anyone can see with the man Jesus Christ died. It's nothing special. Even a demon, can, if you touch someone for deliverance now, they will say it. Do you think they can say it? Look, don't be deceived by all this theatrics you're seeing online. The demon can say it. That is not you what it means. Huh? Huh? Don't <laughs> what it means. When they say, confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, what does this mean? And die for my sins. Huh? What does it mean for when you say, confess he has come in the flesh? When the you nature mean... Huh? Continue. Hello, can I, can I come the... in here? Hold on, hold on, look up, hold on, look up. All right, sure. Yeah. When the nature of love comes out of you, in that moment, Christ has come in the flesh. When the nature because of Because Christ is love, yes. Exactly. When forgiveness comes out of you, Christ has come in the flesh. We have seen him. Because Paul wrote that ye are epistles of Christ, not written with ink, but by the Holy Spirit, to be read by all men. So for people to see Christ, it has to be you. That is what it means for Christ to come in the flesh. And it's by you allowing yourself to be a conduit of his nature and life. That is when you confess that Jesus has come in the flesh. If I say with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, he has come in the flesh, I believe in it, but I'm doing everything that goes against it. Then of what use is my confession? So understand what I'm saying to you. Hmm. Well, your point is very valid. The point about you believing me as a Christian, I know tomorrow I might do something that God will be ashamed of. And then, you know, That's I, fine. I, cannot, I cannot do anything that God does. Like, I won't do anything in Jesus' name. But I mean, like, tomorrow I might find myself in that position. And if I decide to keep doing that, it means I'm, I'm continually submitting to my flesh and continually giving authority to, you know, probably say that to my flesh you know you understand what i'm saying however the saving part which is really what i'm concerned with the bible says that um there's a time that god i think an angel came to paul or was it peter i'm not sure that he should go to a family house a family and um save them or pray for them so that they can be saved I don't, I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. That's actually what I wrote for you on the chat. I went, God told him, don't call unclean that which I've called clean. I think it was Cornelius. And okay, yes, yes, uh, uh, yes. I think it was Peter now because it was Peter that was having, you know, he was not very sure about it. Yes. So why will God now go to them? Okay, why, okay go, from that passage, I understand probably that God is calling because they are probably doing good things. God is not really calling them unclean, right? Probably because they are living rightly, sort of. But God still told Peter to go to them, to pray for them so that they can be saved, right? 100%. Why bother when, they, when God can judge them secretly, when God sees their hearts, when God can be like, oh, these people, we can also be, can begin to call them. Like he called Abraham. Did you get? You can begin to call them and be like, oh, from this day on, you are my own. You're right. What you are doing, I've looked at it and they look righteous. Do you understand? Okay. Can I tell you something about Abraham that you probably do not know? What's that? Abraham trained under Noah for 48 years. He trained under Noah? 48 years. Noah, yeah. 
to lie, even to the point when um, Isaac was born, I believe. Yeah, when Isaac was born. Yes, it's true. They lived very long then. 950, I think. Go and check the, 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 the genealogy. Go and check the genealogy, you know. Abraham had to go and submit to Noah. What about Moses? Yes, he bent the spirit of God in the burning bush, but didn't he have to go and submit to Jethro? Didn't he? And who is Jethro? Jethro, the Midianite. Where did the Midianite come from? The Midianites came from the lineage of Abraham, from his second wife, um, I think, Keturah, right? And what mm. does Abraham represent? Abraham, the Hebrew. The word Hebrew means one who has crossed over. This is not speaking of a physical crossing now, but a spiritual crossing, okay? Mm -hmm. one who is a product of a person who has crossed spiritually also has crossed spiritually. So it's not strange that an offspring of Abraham who was not in captivity in Egypt taught Moses the old ways, even up to the point where he was even with the Israelites in Egypt and Jethro was still telling him, hey, you cannot carry all this burden by yourself. You must break them down one man to 10, one man to 100, one man to 1,000. Isn't it? Haven't you seen that scripture? Yes, I have. So if the almighty Moses too had to submit to tutorship, why would the centurion submit to Peter? That is the way. So you are saying he submitted to tutorship and not to be saved, literally. Both salvation doesn't happen external, but internal. Because God is not found outside of you. God is found. Hey, hey, this internal is the main thing. Oh, How does it happen internal? By believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. I know the, the mouth own is quite a... You know, the mouth own, you don't really... You, know, you don't really like the mouth own. But... Still, that's what the scripture does say. Yes, Paul, it's important that we understand what they mean by which is a, a whole conversation of like I said, there are a lot of foundational things that are that need to be addressed because right now you're speaking to me from everything that has been said to you thus far, and that is important because you must or maybe because I'm also reading literally. So you are saying maybe mouth also might not be in the literal sense mouth. It is inclusive of the literal mouth, but not exclusive. Not exclusively the literal. Does that make sense? Okay, that makes sense. Not exclusive. Mm -hmm. That's why I said a person can be deaf and dumb, but we say because they're deaf and dumb, they cannot be saved. No, you see. So okay. It's not about the lips. The lips only have meaning when it is just like me now. If I tell you, oh listen to me melody oh my god i'm such an honest man i'm this but everything i'm doing is deceptive can't you want to just you know pour some water on my face or something you know <laughs> because mm. the mouth contradicting everything that you are so the mouth only makes sense that my paul said let your yes be yes and let your no be no because the mouth only makes sense when it is backed up by action that corresponds to what you have said if your action does not correspond, even in normal life, say, put your money where your mouth is. This is what everyone knows. Even in, you don't have to be a Christian to know this. So anyone can say anything with the mouth, but the mouth only has meaning when you put your money there. What is your money? Your action, your decisions, your character on a day to day. Okay. However, I understand this this section now. We've we've crossed this one now. 
the next session very well state this so i can understand well don't do all this dancing dancing between states. give me something straight uh-huh what are you talking about are you talking to me yes oh okay um i understand that the mouth is not an exclusive um factor mm. right mm. good so now for the person that doesn't have the chance to um bear fruit or have these characteristics, you know, because it's with time. Is if you have time that you start bearing fruits, right? Now I know where I know where you are right now, and these uh-huh. are these are also another important bus stop, which is also very misconstrued, because we think the point is bearing the fruit. If we think the point is bearing the fruit, that is what creates hypocrites, just like in school. We think the point is getting an A, and that's why we will cheat to get an A. The point is not to get an A. The point is to understand the, the whatever they taught you in school, isn't it? Yes. The point is not bearing fruit. The point is obedience. If your heart is fixed on obeying God, the bearing of fruit will be the natural consequence. Every billionaire in the world today will tell you, I am rich not because I was chasing money, but I was trying to create value. True or false? True. So money was a consequence of creating value and bringing solutions to the world's problems. So mm-hmm. long as we were looking for that, money came naturally. The same with the fruits of the spirit. You're not chasing to be fruitful. You're chasing to be obedient. You're chasing to be obedient. Obedient, And letting it be on earth as is in heaven, right now, 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 not tomorrow. That is what produces fruit. You can't create fruit. It's not, it's not up to you. Fruit is a consequence of obedience. What we need to do is to be obedient. And obedience begins right now. Because today, 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 your sister can come now and maybe say one thing to you that you don't like. And in that moment, just like in the cartoon, you're faced with the angel on your right shoulder and the demon on your left. And the angel is saying, just leave her now. Maybe she's having a bad day. Actually, you know, give her a hug. But they want to say, eh, Melody, can you take that? Uh-huh. In that moment, you will now listen to the one on your left and give her a piece of your mind. You see? Now, in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a lot. She has probably so much mind. So in that moment, that very action you carried out is what puts you in bondage. Because now, mm. you, by you carrying out that obedience to that demon on the left, you have enforced his power over you. You have given it strength. Because everything in life eats. The nature of God in you feeds and grows. Just Christ said, I have food to eat that you don't know of. The more you obey God and allow his will be carried out in your life, the more his nature enforces itself in you. The more you become bonded to it. Because God himself is also a bondage except a bondage that we choose willingly. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Paul called himself a prisoner, didn't he? Yes, he did. He was a prisoner by choice because he has looked at this, his master, and said, whoa, 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 listen, I know you're good. I don't need anyone to, I'm, I'm going to put my own shackles by myself because I know you're good. But the other mm-hmm. side is not. You're not a slave by choice. You can't stop yourself from shouting. That shows that. Your slavery is an unconscious one. 
And every time you obey that voice, that is what it means to be in bondage. And the bondage only gets deeper. The more you obey Pharaoh. Make sense? That makes sense. I like no. what you said. You said something about um, the fruits. The yeah. fruits are not the, the fruit is not the point that it stems from obedience. That brings me to another section. However, let me just conclude with this so section that I've started. Let's go. <laughs> let me conclude with this section. So, but fine, this person, it still boils down to the fact that if this person doesn't have time to show God how much he wants to start loving him, you get the person is on his deathbed, he just has the chance to um, confess with his mouth and believe in his heart. And probably not, you know, no time to do a lot of things or to show God how fervent he is now. What is this person's predicament? Okay. I want to tell you how this concept of, oh, accept God before you die came about. It's a very old parable that many people don't yet understand. When you say, pray to God one second before you die. <laughs> you know when you're going to die, Melody? Can you tell me? No, no, that's not my own portion. I'm just saying for other oh, people. You're going to die, that's for sure. But do you know when? I'm I'm going to die, you know, not you know, not I not knowing when. God. I don't know when. That's just the truth. I don't know when. When they say repent one second before you die, that is supposed to make you realize, wait, I don't know when I'm gonna die. So what does that make me do? Repent, repent right now. Now. Uh-huh. now you get the meaning of that parable. But many people yes. have missed it. They think, okay, that means, okay, for the next 70 years, I will do all kind of witchcraft. And then when I'm about to die, I'll say, Father, Father, touch my head. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this person is not like that, too. That is waiting till he dies to repent. This person all of a sudden just, you know, die, is on his deathbed, and someone comes to preach to him. What you get? This person is not the bad, that person who, that is waiting until when he's sick. Probably he has cancer. And you know, the doctor has told him three months and said, let him live his life. Probably at the next two, two, like the, when he reaches three months, he'll start living godly life. That, this is not that person. This person is a person that truly did not know how in air he was. And someone came to him and was like, oh, come to Jesus and everything. Do you get let me give you a picture of a person that I started coming to Jesus on their deathbed. Should I tell you what it looks like? <laughs> okay. Come to Jesus. He's not coming to a historical person or saying, I believe. No, he's coming to a nature. Do you understand? He's coming Before. to a spirit. He's coming to a character. That is what it means to come to Jesus. A person mm-hmm. on their deathbed coming to Jesus. This is what it looks like. Okay. Maybe a particular man, all his life, he had abused mm-hmm. his wife. He had abused mm. didn't do anything for them. And when this sickness came, this tragedy allowed him to reminisce so much in his life that he realized truly the evil that he has done. And he looks at his wife and kids and he's begging for forgiveness. And he begins to say things that he never said. He begins to do things that he has never done on that dead bed. That is a man that has started coming to Jesus. Even if no father comes to say, repent. That, that nature coming out of him, that is Christ. Because for the first time, he's seen his wife, his children. But he doesn't believe in Christ too. It's not possible for you to exhibit that nature without believing in Christ because that nature itself is Christ. Are you getting my point? That is Christ. That but is that's why Jesus not true. Oh, 
Hold on. Remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? A Samaritan yeah. is not a Jew, are they? No. And that's why Jesus Christ specifically used that parable to teach them a lesson. Because they asked him, who is my neighbor? And then he said, oh, okay, let's find out. Now, he talked about the story of a person who got robbed by the wayside and he was injured by bandits. Of course, bandits, you must understand, this represents the sinful nature and all this, but that's besides the point. The Levite came, saw an injured man who was sick, in need of help and healing. The Levite is not him. A high priest, which can be synonymous to a general overseer or even the Pope, mm. saw him and walked past. But a Samaritan who was not a Jew physically exhibited mm. the nature of one who is a Jew spiritually. And Jesus Christ now asked, who was the neighbor of that injured man? And they said, it was the Samaritan. Now that is a message that should sound in the ears of everyone in every part of the world. Because what that good Samaritan did, that was him preaching the gospel. That was Christ. His actions were a testament of his belief. That is the gospel there. That's what it means to preach. Anyone can stand on pulpit and open Bible. Was they not doing it in Jesus Christ's day? Why, why couldn't they save Mary Magdalene? Why did it take him preaching the gospel with an action to save her? All her life, was she not listening to the synagogue on Saturday? Why didn't she follow him, follow them? Why did it take Jesus Christ giving her love for her to follow him? Okay. That's, that, that is true. That is actually very, very true. But, okay, just let me give another instance suppose there's another person who is like a buddhist high priest mm. you know they have this um cleansing way about them the ones that are very very spiritual the buddhist people they have this living um abandoning things of life you know going to a sacred place and praying and you know just doing good doing like just growing like what am i saying showing the fruits that are that if we look at it they look like they are of god do you understand they look like oh this person when I, when you see them you're like oh this person is living a truly christian life even better than some christians so-called christians but this person doesn't believe in jesus doesn't believe in god he's on okay let me not say god because he believes in him you know Buddha, who is, is their own God and everything. But he doesn't believe in Jesus, who apparently to us is the only way, truth, and the life. Are you saying that because this person is bearing such fruits and is, you know, trying, you know, to continue to live a good life for the good of all is indirectly um, working with Christ or you know, showing, like, okay, being born again. Before I talk about Buddhism, which I don't mm. want, because we're still learning Christianity, you want to not meet another religion that you don't know of. But before I talk about it, just briefly to give you some understanding, let me again mm. to Romans 2. Paul said, and we cannot remove, the, you must not remove this scripture. It's very important that you don't, because this scripture is an axiom. He said, a Gentile 
who has not heard the gospel, but mm. by his action shows that the law is in his heart. That is what will approve him in the day when God will open all the hearts of all men. Isn't it written Romans 2? This is me paraphrasing, but isn't it what's there? That's what is written there. So let's pause. There's no continuum. From, we're going to pause there because that's what Paul said. And he said it especially in this regard. He said it to someone like you in this moment who is saying, ah, what about, the, you cannot call these people outside. That's what Paul said. Even Jessica said the same thing with the Samaritan story, but people like straight to you, but no problem, you know. Look, you can't force anyone to drink water. You can only take them to the well. So my job here is to put things in front of us. It's up to you to take it or not. That's fine. But I'll put it in front of you in the most articulate way so that even if you, are, even if you could have many excuses before, today you will have less excuses. I want to talk about Buddha. Because Christianity haven't, because Christians haven't understood their religion, they also will not understand the religion of others. And that's why I, I always say, let's leave all those things. Let's talk about the Bible. I say, let's talk about Bible because this is what we, should, we, we all grew up with. Let's know it first. Don't say you want to now go into something that you don't know, but to just give us some kind of understanding. When we say Buddha, the word Buddha is not, a, Buddha is not a person as people mistakenly think. The word Buddha means to be enlightened, to be awake, to be conscious of the truth. And what is this truth? That everyone around you is your brother. Everyone around you is you. And you ought to treat everyone in front of you as though you were treating God itself. Because everyone around you is God itself. You see, that is what it means to be a Buddha. It's not a particular person. It's a particular nature, a particular essence. Now, that is what they look up to. That nature, that essence. And that nature essence was symbolized by a physical figure. Do you understand? That figure is a symbol. The nature is spirit. It's not physical. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. When you study the characteristic of a Buddha, let me give you an example of what Buddha looks like from their stories. He is someone who is ready to give his own flesh to be eaten by a dying dog, if that's what it means to save that dog. That is what a Buddha looks like. Do you understand? Is that nature foreign from Christ? I'm asking you. No. Vietnam, when there was wars going on there and they were killing many people, one of them, in, in, in the name of protesting, it was a Buddhist monk, he lit himself on fire in the middle of the street, seated without blinking, without moving, in order to communicate a message that people should become merciful to those in the country. How many Christians have this kind of heart? Where do you see it? You get what I'm saying? This man was being burnt alive. He didn't even move. And he died in that sitting posture in order to communicate a message to the government that they should stop persecuting them. Because the Christ is always persecuted. Do you know that in Tibet, when Chinese invaded them, raped their nuns, burnt their temples, killed all their priests, don't you know it's the same thing that happened in the book of Acts? It's the same thing. Because Cain always kills Abel is the same principle is expressed in different ways. That's just the way it is. Herod will always seek to kill the Christ. 
He always wants to kill this nature because this nature is against it. Buddha is not a person. Those who think Buddha is a person don't understand. There are many Buddhists who themselves don't know the doctrine. There's only one doctrine, there cannot be two. There is only one. So anyone who preaches a different message does not understand. Are you getting me? Buddha is yeah. not Buddha is a nature. He's a character. It's an essence. And is described by these few things I've just said to you. These few things I've just described. Are they different from the description of Christ? No. Don't get carried away by this statue or this statue. Those who get carried away themselves don't understand. Because even apart from Buddhism and Christianity, well, well, all of us are idol worshippers. We've idolized the Bible. Some people every, every day in the morning, they are bowing down saying this is God, isn't it? Some people, they have statue of Jesus Christ in their house. They are bowing down, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So idolatry, is like Christianity is filled with idol- idolaters in many degrees. So let's be sincere with ourselves. Idolatry also happens here. And the worst kind of idolatry is not even you bind down to something physical. Is you bind down to an idea, a concept, so much so that it will allow you to wake up and call yourself in those days a conquistador and kill thousands of people saying that you are the Lord's army. I mean, didn't you hear of the Spanish Inquisition in the Middle Ages when they killed thousands of Europeans in the name of Jesus? Don't you know about it? Mm. Today, on Instagram, on Twitter, haven't you seen people who do the same thing with, with Twitter, all those Twitter assassins? Don't you see it in the name of Jesus? They will curse people, say, oh, you've got to punish. Don't you see it? Yes, I do. Are those not idol worshippers? Is that Jesus Christ? No. Obviously. Let's be real here. Okay. Hmm. What is this you're saying, Sean? They're quite provoking. Yeah. I'm here to provoke you. Don't get it twisted. I'm talking sweet. I'm here. I'm here with a sword. I wanted to ask a question, but I've forgotten what it was. Okay. It was nice to have the session. I don't know. Does anyone want to contribute? I guess maybe you should ask. If you will, the door is open. Anyone? No one? Hi. Hey. Hi. Melody, hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine too. It's been so nice hearing you and El Shaka, you know, just talk and go back and forth. I don't want to add anything. Uh, I just want to say that um, I'm very happy and I pray that the Holy Spirit will do his own work. El Shaka is just the messenger and so are you, you know, but I know that um, this conversation is much more than what we are hearing right now. There's a lot that the Holy Spirit is doing you know, behind the scenes. And I'm just happy that the conversation started the way it did and ended here. Even me that thought I knew some things, I've learned so much more. 
and I feel like I'm now in a better position to to talk to some p- kind of people around me. You know, I've also learned some level of patience as well. And I think the last thing I want to say is um, you can only treat people the way you treat yourself. Truly, truly, the way you treat yourself on your inside. It's not the way you make it seem that you treat yourself. The way you truly treat yourself on the inside is the only way you can treat other people outside. And the conversation has helped me to The fact that you, the fact that you, um, you, uh, it was talking. I think it was talking about the woman that was about to be stoned for for being uh, for being caught in adultery. Said the fact that you you show compassion does not mean that you are condoning the sin. I think it was El Shaka that says it. I can't remember, but I'm really grateful for this conversation. Thank you all. You're so very welcome. God bless you, confidence. Thank you. You're Emma, you want to say something? Yes, I wanted to ask a question, please. So um, I understand everything you said, and I'm not trying to accept everything, but then, okay. The question I want to ask is like realistically, like going forward, you know, like we know about preaching salvation and preaching to people about Christ and everything. So it's like, yes, with information you're giving now, so what does that look like? I know, like, okay, showing fruit and showing the life of Christ in you, but then we're like, okay, we want to show Christ to Muslims and everything, and then. I don't I don't know if you understand my question. So like realistically, what now is preaching the gospel? What now is sharing Christ? Mm-hmm. Your question is fantastic. It's a very beautiful question. And God bless you for asking that. You know. It's good to preach Jesus Christ. I say he preached Jesus, right? So long as we define it. Because these days, when we say come to Jesus, we're not really talking about come to forgiveness, come to love, come to come to being a better husband, come to being a better wife. We're saying come to my church, isn't it? We're saying come to my group. Am I lying? Hello? Am I lying, guys? Talk to me. No. No, no, no. That's true. When we say come to Jesus, we're not saying come to Nigeria. We're not saying come to be better stewards of uh, your your business. We're not saying come to be be a better father. No one is doing that. And that's what coming to Jesus Christ looks like. You know? That's what coming to Jesus Christ looks like. And that's what it means to preach the gospel. Because when you look at Jesus Christ's life, that is all he was talking about. He went about rebuking bad behavior. Because, of course, in his day, were they not preaching every Saturday in the synagogue? I'm asking. Hmm? Yes, they were. So if they were preaching every Saturday, why did he need to come and talk? Because they were already opening the, the, the Bible. You see, so it tells us that the gospel is preached by us sharing the nature. I mean, look at Satan. To preach Satan is not hard. You just need to watch a simple movie 
You know, you watch a movie, you know, they glorify maybe a person who, like, like Wolf of Wall Street, for example, maybe they glorify a person who, you know, does bad things to make money and they show him living the best life, La Vida Loca and everything fine. And the movie ends in a person traveling to uh, Boca Boca for holiday. <laughs> By that movie, have they not preached a powerful message to you that this is the way to be successful? I'm asking. Yes without even saying Satan, but everything about what you just watched is satanic. There is nothing more demonic than what you've seen that makes you believe that you can create suffering and tragedy for everyone and everything will be well with you. It's a lie. Do you understand? It's a lie. It's not even, it's a lie. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a lie. Anyone who does that, suffering is guaranteed for them. Life is like a big farm. The seeds that you sow into the soil is what will germinate and return onto you. This is why false doctrine is such a dangerous thing because it is a lie. It's not about you subscribing to, no, it's about it being a lie. You cannot live a life of wickedness and creating sorrow and think joy and peace is gonna come for you. It is a lie. It is not done anywhere. And that is something we need to start to realize now because people are saying, oh, look at these people, they're enjoying. Go and see what's in their house. Why did Prince um, Harry get up and leave? But have you seen Buckingham Palace? Have you seen a picture of it? Have you seen how opulent and grand it is? What will make Prince Harry get up and leave all of that? This is a question for us, especially those of us who think that when one has plenty of material powers, that means everything is well with them. What about Queen Elizabeth, her father? Did he not um, ab- um, abdicate the throne, you know, for her to now become queen when she wasn't ready? Do we not know that? What made him abdicate the throne in the 1920s and run to America with his wife? Why did he do that if that was supposed to be the, 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 the apex of life? These are things we need to think about. You know, because the fact that he has bountiful- It was her, her uncle. Huh? Her uncle, I'll be sorry, her uncle. Uh-huh. Sorry, her uncle. Uh-huh. Thank you for that um, confidence. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have like one last question. Okay, mm-hmm. I understand everything you've said, and I know that you know somehow I'm beginning to assimilate small by small. What, how, like, um, Emma, she said, um, how do we go from here preaching? If this said people who practice, who practice the good, like, they practice good things. They do good deeds and everything. How do we now tell them? Why should we even disturb them from doing what they already are doing? You know, they're already living godly, sort of. They're already um, bearing nice fruits, caring for their neighbors, doing wonderful things. But why should we now disturb them from that path that they're already living when they're already somehow in line with Christ? Why um, should we begin to, okay, how do we even tell them? We cannot tell them, okay, come to our church. Or we cannot even tell them, come, give your life to Christ. We just tell them, begin to uh, be born of love. They're already born of love. Be born of goodness and kindness. They're already born of goodness and kindness. Why exactly are we bothering to populate, to make um, Christians more than they are now? Mm-hmm. Listen to me. If you made a person hmm, who in mm-hmm. their life have never heard the physical name Jesus Christ, but mm-hmm. this person 
is able to forgive the most heinous crimes done to them, able to love even to the point of his death, able to be charitable beyond what is humanly comprehensible. You meet a person like that, you had better go and kneel down his feet and say, please anoint me and teach me the way. Because that person knows Christ more than you. Do you know what I'm saying? You better go and meet him to teach you the way. You want to convert that kind of person who is better than you, uh, then we don't understand. Are you getting my point? Mm. You know, this thing is quite tricky. As you knew that a person's feet. That's just a parable. It's a parable. I know, I know now. I know. I know you don't definitely mean I should do that. I'm just saying, mm, this person. You can't disturb that kind of person. Why are you disturbing? When what's the death to disturb? Is he not doing the work you're doing? Abby? Which work is he doing? What is the work of God? Is he about standing on pulpit on Sunday? Is that the work of God? When they're That's not the work of God, of course. It's definitely doing, you know, feeding, uh-huh. doing all these things. That's the work but, of God. Okay. Can they have the spirit of God? Can they have like, you know, you know, there's the fruits of the Holy Spirit and then there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can they also now have the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Let me say that. Everything we're just talking about now, fundamental things, you know? Knowing God gets much deeper than this. I want to talk about deeper. I'm talking about knowing God in spirit and actually engaging the spiritual aspect of life. There's all that. We just, you know, I'm just leaving all those conversations for now because I'm just trying to lift everyone up together. There are much deeper things to all this. You understand? There is that place where you actually begin to commune with Christ in you face to face, that you know him and he's giving you directives daily. You sit in your prayer in the morning for 30 minutes, and in that 30 minutes, you are receiving your oracles for that day, your messages, your directives from God. And you are living led by the Spirit, not just among the kind. No, there's that. You understand? And many Christians don't even have that. They've never want anyway. Let's not go into all these things. They are depths to this. So this I'm just saying these are all elementary. Let me just call it. And when we say elementary, elementary is not something ridiculous because elementary is the foundation, is the most important thing. Right? Mm-hmm. If this is wrong, whatever we build is going to crumble. So if I say this elementary, I'm not spitting on this. I'm actually even telling you that this deserves even more attention than anything else. But there are different aspects of this. There's one can be very good and everything. Of course, they're good for you to be not, not an act. Anyway, you cannot determine who is good or not. It's not, a, it's not your place. And we have to develop that attitude character to stop that. Or that we have to, we have to unlearn that behavior of determining who is good, who is bad. You can't do that. It's only God that knows the hearts of men. You focus on your heart. So don't go, this one is not a good one. That's not your business. It's really not. Except the Holy Spirit opens your heart to see and to discern, okay, this person, even though he's generous, he's just trying to, you know, prepare his platform so that he can run for uh, local government chairman tomorrow. Only except God does that for you. But it's not your business to start saying this one is going to go to hell. It's not your business. Focus on your own self. You get my point? Okay. Was business. God knows them. But it's possible to get to the point where one goes beyond just good deeds, but you are actually in communion with the immortal spirit of God. And let's not go into all those things today. I know what I'm saying. These, there are depths to this. It's, it's beyond all this talk. Chat, you know, chat, chat. Moses. You know what? Eh? Okay. Sorry? I, are you sorry? I think I interrupted you. Continue. No problem. Go ahead. 
I'm here for you. Go ahead. Okay. Like, I don't know. I just, where I'm from, not, not like where I come from, like where I was born again, or probably where I was pastored, where I all those sort of things. We, we, I was always told, okay, Christianity is not just for yourself. It's for others. So you saying I should focus on myself. I'm like, like, it's like, because it's like trying to like shake. No, you have to. So any, anything I say is important. Like, this is a character we should develop, especially in communication with people. You ask them, mm. what do you mean by this? Yeah, that's what I'm asking you now. You saying I should focus on myself. Do you like mean I should not care about whether somebody, what, you know, people will say, oh, go and preach. Like where, where, where I'm from, oh, my pastor will literally just tell me, oh, talk to that person, talk to that person, talk to that person. I'm like, am I, like now, am I supposed to just focus on my work with God and probably just pray for others or, you know, just, I, I might not know whether the person is a good Christian, is good or God is already working with them. Is that what you're implying? No, I'm implying that Paul said, I, Paul, plant. Apollos waters, but it's God that gives the increase. Your job is to speak the, the, the gospel of God through your mouth and your actions. And whoever will be transformed, you leave that to God. But your own job is to make sure that in your lifetime, what comes out of you is that which blesses and uplifts those around you, not tears them down. If they allow themselves to receive that word you're giving to them and it stimulates the light to come out of them, great. But that part is not your business. That part is God's business. So we don't say, oh, who's going to go to hell tomorrow? Now, all that is not our business. Your business is to make sure you go around doing that good work that Christ has commissioned us to do. That is your work. Who's going to go to heaven? Who's going to go to hell? All these things, they don't lead anywhere because that's not the point. Because truth be told, if you right now, right now, right now, you are giving, your work, giving yourself over to your basest natures, you're already in hell. By all means and form, if we're going to speak about it plainly, when you are someone annoys you and then you just say, ah, I'm going to punish you there. Don't you know that in that moment your consciousness is vibrating in the frequency of hell? If your eyes were opening the spirit to see what was surrounding you in that place, you would be amazed. Hell is not tomorrow, it's right now. So also is heaven. That is why you can be in the most uncomfortable situation. But because your consciousness is hidden in Christ, in the heavens. Even though everything around you might seem upside down, you have a peace that people can't understand because right now you are in heaven. Now, if your physical body dies, you simply go to a place you already were. It's not a new thing. You have been there already. You get my point? Yes, I understand. You're there. It's not a future thing. It's now. So heaven is not tomorrow. It's now. Hell is not tomorrow. It's now. It begins now. It begins with the state of your heart and where you are perpetually allowing yourself to live, you know. So don't trouble yourself. Is this person a good one? All that is not so. Except God tells you, okay, this person is a liar. Speak against him. That's that's different. But don't trouble yourself. Is this person going to go to heaven? All this is not our business. God can decide to reveal it to you, and that's okay. But it's not something you should be chasing. What's more important? Think about what you need to do right now. What God is asking you to do for yourself and to losing your environment. And it shall be well with you and shall be well with everyone. That's what, that should be the focus. Abby? Yes. Uh, so. Okay, thank you very much for this call. You're welcome. I, I hope it gives you some help. Yes, it has. I feel blessed, sort of. 
Amazing. God bless you, Melody. Mm-hmm. Emma, what about you? Are you okay? Yes, I am. Thank you. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I could like say something that may help with her oh. question. Okay. okay. So it's like um to see yourself basically is to see others. So it's like that Bible verse about um don't point at the um what's it called the thing in someone's eyes sorry i've forgotten the word that was just speck in others exactly you log in your eyes so basically holy spirit tried to teach me that verse and he was saying that what that is is that you know the um story about the adulterous woman and Mm. how they were throwing stones at her and then jesus was saying you know if any of you are without sin you should cast the first stone so what that was supposed to do was supposed to make you look at yourself and see all these things, right? You're supposed to look at yourself and see how you too, you are in need of salvation and see everything that you need help from. And when you're able to see that, you won't be able to pick up a stone and throw at that person because you see that their own problem is even small compared to what is plaguing you and what you need salvation from. So in a way, like, it's pointing back to yourself, seeing yourself is then that's how you're not able to see others. And seeing others is that seeing how you can be of help to others, not throwing a stone at them because the same way you need salvation is the same way they need salvation. So I don't know if. Okay, that's fine. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Emma. Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you want to say something? Yes, I do. Right, thank you. So when Melody was talking, she mentioned one a verse, uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So when she mentioned it, I just got to understand something, or like the Spirit of God revealed it. Let me, I just want to share. So I understood that it is the nature of Jesus that wow. is the way, not just Jesus. Jesus is was the representation, like, what are the characteristics of Jesus? What is that essence that makes him Jesus? What makes him Jesus? The nature is what is the way. So that is love. Jesus encompasses love, kindness, gentleness, peace, everything. So it's that nature that is the way, not just, I think the name Jesus is what people like to emphasize on when they go about preaching or, not that it's not necessary to mention his name, but it is nature. That is the essence. That is the way and the truth of your life. So I don't know if you get that. Yes, no, that makes sense, Tucci. It's beautiful. And to just bring it to a very relatable level, if I say Jesus Christ is the way to the success of a nation, right? What does that mean? If you look at a nation like Nigeria now, greed has killed us, right? Greed, strife, envy, selfishness is what has killed us. So the way to our salvation in Nigeria is what? Love, generosity, forgiveness. Look at how they're plundering the South. You're collecting so much oil from them. You are desecrating their fields to the point where some places, if you breathe in, is oil that is in your nose. Do you understand? There is no Jesus Christ there. Assuming people started to think about that, this place you're collecting so much money from, at least build something there, build better schools, build better hospitals, build um, different um, vocational institutions. That's Jesus Christ. And that is the way to save Nigeria, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so this is what is this is this is the picture. So it's not to remove the name Jesus; it's to redefine it. 
So long as we understand the definition of Jesus, that's the point. So I'm not saying throw away the name of Jesus. No, I'm saying we must understand what it means, right? Because truth be told, the name Jesus Christ is not even his name. If we're going to talk about it literally, if we want to be literal people, is his name Jesus? Is that what he called himself? I'm asking. Mm. No. 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 So if we want to be literal, all of us are wrong (laughs) because his name is not Jesus. (laughs) Abby, talk to me now, my line. That's no. Uh, well, because of this, that's why you have some very literal people now who now tell themselves, ah, I will never use the name Jesus again. For now, it's Yeshua. This themselves are gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know those kind of people, I'm sure. Now. <laughs> that just reminded me of my brother. He doesn't say Jesus anymore. Yeshua. Yeshua, like... <laughs> It's good, let's call it Yeshua, but so long as he knows what that thing represents, that's what matters. So when I say Jesu or Yeshua or Jesus, or the, as long as you understand what it is that you are calling, then that's what matters, you know? So yes, I believe this was a successful conversation, isn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah? Very successful. Who would like to close? Okay, Melody, how about you close us in a prayer? How about you do that? In Jesus' name. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Um, thank you for each and every person, each and every person gathered here today. We thank you for being able to discuss your word and be illuminated by it. We give you glory and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We ask that you continue to grow in our lives, help us to bear your fruits, and help us to be receptive to your word and open-minded to know you each day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 To everyone who also participated in the conversation. All right. I hope I'll have energy for our seven o'clock uh, <laughs> study guide discussion today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Better go and get you Go and sleep. Go and sleep. Go and sleep. El Chapao. It seems you've forgotten you said you were going to do a poll on the prayer day. Thank you. I'll do it. I'll do it today. No, I'll do All it right. tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. No, so I'll like to share. So we need to, so, just like this is nice, you know, we have all this kind of, anyway, no problem. It's all good. <laughs> all, right. all right. I'm going to put this on the podcast. So anyway, I'll put I'll, I'll post it for everyone else to. This is probably the most important podcast we've ever done. I believe so. It's very important. So I'm going to, I'll post it now. <laughs> All right, people, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye bye.